0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today is the first Sunday of the Great Lent, and the Church has great readings for today to tell us this Sunday is a treasure Sunday. So what sort of treasures the Church is equipping us at the beginning of the journey? As we spoke last week about how the journey is a journey of repentance, journey of sanctification and purification for every one of us. Our title today is Real Repentance Rejects Double Life. The Lord repeated many times in the reading today that no one can serve two masters. Maybe I can say I started the journey. I started to fast with the church, to pray with the church, and to read the word of God and every single thing that the church has commanded me to do but I believe I, or I see that I'm still in the same position. The Lord is telling us at the beginning of the journey, you have to discern because real repentance always rejects any double life. If we go to James chapter one and verse seven and eight, St. James is encouraging us at the beginning, because you are starting this journey seriously, you have to put before your eyes what you need to forsake, what you need to put aside in order to be able to go and to grow in this journey. He's telling us, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He's saying, if you have the two minds, or if you have the two lives, you want to do what is right, maybe I am a Sunday Christian or liturgy Christian, but after liturgy I have my own life. The church is telling us we have a liturgy, and we have a liturgy after liturgy. A life expanded, taking the life of Christ and going to face the mortality of the world. As the church is reading together the book of 1 Samuel and Second Samuel during this Lent, and we are reading also the book, 30 Steps to the Heaven, we try to blend all of them, that, that every one of us has enrichment of the old readings of the church, and of us as a small community. Uh, In second chapter of the uh, book of First Samuel, it tells us about the high priest Eli and his two sons. And he's telling them, us, that they were living a sinful life. From outside, they are the clergymen. From outside, they are the leaders, the spiritual leaders of the church, or of the tabernacle at that time. And hear what the Lord was telling us in Exodus chapter two and verse 17. Sorry, first Samuel, Samuel two chapter 17, verse 17. Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Those people, those two kids of the high priest were living a very sinful life. Despite they were performing religious practice every day in the tabernacle. And he's asking me and you now, are you doing the same? Are you living this double life? You can do everything properly as it should be done. And in the same time, you have your own life and you may people around you, maybe your family, maybe your kids, your wife, your husband is abhorring the offering of the Lord because of that. But the story is bigger than that. From the beginning, God has made a covenant between his people and himself. And this covenant was through the Ark of Covenant. In Exodus chapter 25, he was telling us, and there I will meet with you, I will speak with you, I will give you in commandments to the children of Israel. So what sort of covenant is it? The Lord is giving us our own protection through the word of God, through following his instructions and commandments. And then he is going to provide us with two things, protection and victory. Provided we keep the word and we live and lead a holy life. So now, this is the two partners of this covenant. He is giving us his word and we are accepting it, following it, living a holy life. And he is protecting us and giving us the victory wherever we go. But unfortunately, those two young men and their father Eli we are not able to keep their side of the covenant. God is always faithful, but we, when, we, when we fail to satisfy our part, we are not enjoying his part, but he's always faithful. That's why if you are reading the 30 steps to the kingdom, to heaven, in the fifth step, it's about repentance. And St. John Climacus is telling us, repentance is the renewal of baptism and it's a covenant with God for a fresh start in life. So at the beginning of the Lent, the church is telling us, you, ca- you have the right, you have the opportunity to restart a fresh start in life. To stop this double life that those sons of Eli were doing it. In chapter 4, in First Samuel, the continuation of the story. The Palestinians came to attack the Israelites. And then, all of a sudden, they said, why has the Lord defeated us? The Lord is not defeating us. We choose the defeat for ourselves when we broke his commandments, when we reject his word, and we are doing nothing at all. So, he was telling them, it's time to repent. As St. John Climacus was telling us, where there is a real humility, all bonds are made free. He's telling you now, it's not only about double mind or double life, by doing something very evil and then something very holy. It's also about your mindset. Sometimes you believe that God is going to protect you, going to heal you, but in the same time, you are depressed, rejecting his healing. It's when you wake up. Stand up for yourself. Stand up because he is good at all times. So they said, there is something wrong. Yes, there is something wrong, you need to repent. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to go and to confess your sins. But we found out another option. That if we bring the Ark of Covenant, we are going to be victorious. Yes, the presence of God amongst us is very holy and very awesome. But again, without your repentance and my repentance, we get nothing. He exactly did the same in chapter 4. So he brought the Ark of Covenant. And they said we are going to be victorious because we have a covenant with god are you doing your part in this covenant or you are relying on him and you do nothing it's encouragement to repent and to enjoy the victory that he had done for us on that day so they brought the ark of covenant and the palestinians heard the voice of the israelites they were shouting and screaming and the Palestinians were afraid he said what does the, what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? For they said, God has come into the camp. Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of this mighty God. Yes, he's a mighty God. And the enemy is proclaiming he's a mighty God. And the enemy has seen his presence. And every liturgy, we have the real presence of the body and blood of Christ. But he's asking you and me, are you going home with the fullness of the power of the victorious Jesus Christ? Or because we choose double life? You are just acting as if you are in the liturgy. So he continued, and unfortunately, they were defeated in the, in the war. And even the Ark of Covenant has been taken totally from them. Why? Because you got the message wrongly. It's time to repent. It's time to rely on God's word and to be in full obedience. Again, the fourth step in the ladder of the divine ascent was obedience as a key to this way of victory. Saint Isaac the Syrian is begging you and me and praying with you and me. I beg and beseech you, Lord, grant to all who have gone astray a true knowledge of you so that each and every one may you come to know you, your glory. You are here to know his glory. Saint Isaac is praying for us and we need to pray for each other as well. We are here to see his glory, not to hear it as uh, the heard it, but to see it in my own personal life. Connecting the story on the double life of the two sons of Eli to my life and your life and to the readings of today. St. Paul was telling them in Acts chapter 22, that he is testifying how he was living a very bad life, very anti-church life. And hear what he said. I'm indeed a Jew born in in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law, and was zealous towards God as you are today. I persecuted this way to this. The church at the beginning, Christians were called the way. It's not double life. It is the way. That's why he said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, I, Paul, choose to be what? A prisoner of Jesus Christ. He's asking me and you you as well this morning, are you able to make this change, this decision, this one way, and to renounce the other life in the beginning of this land. The Lord, we heard it today many times. In verse 24, in in Matthew chapter 6, no one can serve two masters. He's telling me, and you don't deceive yourself. If you believe that you can do both of them, you can. not He is encouraging us to be very successful at work, in our own studies, wherever we go. But our heart should be in one place, in heaven. We heard it at the very end of the reading today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. He's encouraging us to renounce the second life, whatever it is. If it's fear, if it's money, if it's career, if whatever it is, he's telling me, put it aside and put me first. And I will add all these things unto you, but don't hold your heart there. We will hear it in a few minutes in the liturgy. Where are your heart? Or lift up your heart. And we know that we have to renounce something to to be able to say it faithfully. We have them with the Lord. In the first step, obedience, St. John Climacus is telling us, obedience is the burial place of the will and the resurrection of humility. He's telling me, today is the day you can bury your stubbornness. You can bury your pride, and you can rise once more with Christ, but in humility, having the mind of Christ, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. He's adding, St. John Climacus, Like Christ our God, gird your lions with towel of obedience, to which extent he was obedient to the death, death of the cross. And he's asking you and me this morning how... How far are you from this obedience? How willing you are to tell him, I'm coming today to have your body and blood to put aside my second life totally. Sometimes it's very hard, but it's in me the church, the whole church, is encouraging you. The whole church is praying with you and for you. And the whole church, in the leadership of the church as well, your father's confession is praying for you and is helping you and ready to help you more and more. Saint Cyril of Alexandria is encouraging us more. He knew our weakness. He knew that every one of us is missing something. But he is telling us every time you come to the Eucharist, you are going to be equipped and empowered with something different. The quote is quite long, but I will share only the last few words of this quote. He's telling us if the poison of pride is swelling up in you, you can add anything else. It's not only the pride. Maybe it's my money. Maybe it's my relationship. Maybe it's an evil relationship or unholy relationship. Maybe it's my career. Maybe whatever it is. If anything in your life, turn to the Eucharist and the bread, which is your God humbling and disguising himself, will teach you humility. We are not going to the Eucharist as a habit. We are getting the full humility of Christ. Christ is offering his body and blood to each and every one of us. If the fever of selfish greed rages in you, feed on this bread and you will learn generosity. Again, because the church is teaching us every Eucharist is an exchange of life. I'm coming with my pride, my stubbornness, my unforgiveness, and I'm going home with all what Christ has towards the whole creation. If you feel the itch of intemperance, knowledge yourself with the flesh and the blood of Christ, who practiced heroic self-control during his earthly life, and you will become temperant. He's telling me, and you find out your weakness and leave it today. Find out your second life, that you can serve God with it and put it aside and take the power from the body and the blood of Christ, who is able to enrich and empower each and every one of us to a newness of life. May the good of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.